Welcome to Bamsey's Humanity First podcast. I am Chris Ryan, with the CEO of Bamsey, Peter Evers, as we discuss the latest inside the organization and some major headlines as well that affect Bamsey outside the organization. We do our Ask the CEO show. Peter, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Chris. How are you doing? I am well. How's 2023 treating you? Well, we're a week and a bit in. Actually, getting on for two weeks, unbelievably, yeah. and uh, pretty good. We haven't had any major snowstorms, and so you know that that always affects us in terms of the plowing. And uh, it's just been a bit of a relief not to have that. Of course, now that I've said that, we'll probably get a foot of snow this weekend, but right. I don't think so. <laughs> no, the temperatures are staying uh, staying pretty warm, and the way it's kind of gone over the last couple of winters, uh, February we've had some storms, January not so much. And maybe a big one in December. Uh, but yeah, the weather's been unseasonably warm. And I'm certain that no one is too upset about that. At the last time around uh, here, we talked a lot about employment and why you know Bamsey was a choice employer with uh, Pamela Ryan and Bamsey being named as one of the best places to work. And we're going to get a little bit more into employment as we have some questions about that. And also we've seen you know significant uh, nursing strike in New York and also back in your motherland of uh, England as well, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I want to start with um, some of the new initiatives at Bamsey. And in fact, there has been uh, some strides forward when it comes to the pharmacy operation. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, well, this has been a um, a bit of a slog, but um, somebody did say to me when we started this process last year that there's nothing easy about starting uh, a pharmacy, just in terms of all of the regulations and the licensing stuff and and the hiring um, and making sure that we are meeting building codes um, right down to the kind of lighting uh, in 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 the pharmacy and the um, you know, window window uh, treatings and, and and security stuff. Well, I'm gl- I'm very pleased to say that we are just about done with we. Um, with, it was great uh, this week. We had uh, Paulette start uh, our new pharmacist, and she is going around the uh, programs, uh, meeting people, and uh, I think she's going to be on this show in a couple of weeks. So that should be great. Um, And just a a recap, we're hoping that we'll be up and running. These last uh, couple of things need to be uh, finished off, but uh, either um, end of next week or the beginning of the week after. And the the rollout uh, is important, uh, Chris, obviously, because it's going to take a while for us to get up and running. But we're starting with clusters of homes. So we're starting with, you know, four or five homes at a time, which works out about 25 people per um, per cluster, and I think that's a reasonable way to do that on a rolling weekly basis, so that we end up, um, you know, covering all of our residential homes from, you know, from Plimpton and uh, Plymouth and Carver all the way up to Worcester. Um, I am very excited because we have uh, uh, in a new pharmacist somebody who is uh, deeply rooted in. Uh, our community uh, who has a great deal of experience and a lot of backup and support from IPS, um, Integrated Pharmacy Solutions, who we're working with and will continue to work with uh, as we ramp up the program until such time that we feel that we can sort of take over the pharmacy uh, completely. And that will probably be a year or so. So um, I think we've done this the smoothest way we can. Uh, we've had lots of delays, but um, the light is definitely at the end of the tunnel now. 
What is the the physical location of you know the pharmacy currently? And so you mentioned the location. Have the building permits been uh, acquired yet for you know the long term uh, facility? Yeah, they have, and we're 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 on Pleasant Street. We're right next to the uh, EI program uh, where employment pro- uh, services used to be. Employment services and Brittany's program is over with us right now at 10 uh, Christie's Drive. So that it, it is ready to move in. And there is some space for us to expand uh, as we look at other opportunities for the pharmacy. So that will be our permanent home on Pleasant Street, which I think is a good location. It's central um, and there's lots of parking. And uh, I think well, just the the last thing is we'll be having a um, uh, a transportation service as well for delivery, which uh, of course is going to make it a lot easier to uh, deal with the uh, pharmacies that are uh, so sorry the programs that are far, further away from the pharmacy. Is the goal, you know, moving forward to allow for n- not just members of the BAMSI community, but for the community at whole, uh, at, as a whole, to utilize the pharmacy? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're looking at a retail pharmacy um, okay. for lots of different reasons, I think. But there are opportunities. And I, I think I've said on this show before, we've been approached by a couple of other agencies who are uh, interested in the service once we get it up and running. So we are, it will be expanding beyond the Bamsey community. One of the things that we're looking at is the possibility of having the pharmacy for staff as well, mm-hmm. uh, especially mm-hmm. those folks in and around the Brockton area. It's just a very convenient way um you know to um uh to use that pharmacy for for folks that is entirely dependent on whether or not people feel comfortable with that i totally understand some people like the um, you know a bit of a watershed between um the work and and health and i totally understand that but obviously we would be under the same strict hipper and uh, pi um rules uh, as anybody else but uh hope hopefully that will be a possibility soon we do have a couple of ask the ceo questions to get to but um want to touch upon one more internal uh question and that is in regard to diversity where uh bamsey has obviously laid out uh very firm commitments when it comes to diversity and inclusion and i'm interested in if there's been anything new on that front yeah, that has actually very exciting. We actually posted um, the uh, diversity equity uh, position, the DAI officer. It's going to be an executive vice president. And um, it uh, we posted that on the uh, 2nd of January. And so we've had a few uh, internal and external um, uh, applications for that. We're putting together a panel, um, which will consist of some members of our um diversity, uh, equity, uh, justice and accessibility um, committee. Um, And we will be uh, holding those interviews over the next month with a view, I hope, to be um, filling that position um, probably sometime in February. Um, I think this is really important because it concentrates um, the responsibilities. Now, obviously, um, diversity and equity are uh, issues that cross the entire agency and it's everybody's responsibility, but somebody needs to sort of coordinate um, those um, practices. You know, even Chris, making sure that when we when we interview for jobs that we have a diverse panel of people mm-hmm. who are making sure that we're making decisions that are based on 
skill sets and ability uh, rather than fit. We we often talk about when people say people are a good fit, that's not a good thing to say in uh, these days because fit suggests uh, something other than um, the ability to do the job. And when we when we've got this right, uh, then we will have equity across the agency for everybody. And you know, I'm not saying that we're there. Uh, completely. I think over the last two years, we've done some really good things that have been reflected in the awards that we've had from our trade associations. But you're never done with this um, with this issue. There are always issues. And having a high level person in the agency able to manage those issues and help with those issues, who is directly reporting to me, I think is going to be a real step in the right direction to ensuring that we're continually moving towards a status that we're that we're interested which is in um you know the most diverse um and equitable um and accessible uh, workplace that uh, that we can be a couple uh listener questions to get to um one talks about the nurse uh, nursing strike which has taken place in new york and has gotten you know a lot of attention there's also been one back in your homeland of uh, england over in the uk as well. And the question is, do you think uh, that the nursing strike will bring enough awareness to this that there's actual change or might this actually hurt uh, nursing uh, and their argument uh, that they should be better paid? Yeah, I mean, I think that's an age old question around, you know, um, people in the labor force who have um, the right or they don't have the right to withdraw their labor um, to uh, to make a point to management and um, you know over time that has been something that has been used prudently by unions and sometimes not um, this particular case I would say that the uh, the nurses have been under incredible pressure because of what's happened with COVID I mean all over the world really uh, and as you said this is happening in the National Health Service as well um, where people are just saying enough, enough is enough we need to be paid a decent um, wage is not only though in New York and then Britain about pay, it's also about conditions. It's about the number of people and patients that, that hospitals are requiring. Um, they were talking yesterday on the news in New York at Mount Sinai of um, 15 patients on a shift. Uh, that's not safe. And so, you know, the question is, is it is it the right thing to do to strike or not? Well, it's certainly not the right thing to put up with that. Uh, and then have terrible outcomes. Uh, and so I, they, they certainly are making a noise about this. We, as uh, we've spoken about on this program, have advocated for higher nursing salaries throughout um, the pandemic. We've uh, continually um, noted our support for nursing and how we wouldn't have been able to get through this uh, pandemic as well as we did without the support and the input and the hard graft and talent of the nurses that we have. Um, I, I think it brings attention, Chris, in a way, um, to the plight of uh, all health services. And, and, and that includes us as well. You know, we are an organization who years ago pledged to provide the highest quality nursing to the most medically fragile folks who come through the Department of Developmental Services. And uh, we're proud of that. Uh, but it makes it very difficult for us to do. And the rates that we're being offered by the state are so way below what they have been in hospitals and schools and everywhere else. I think um, I think we're going to get to a leveling off 
I think there is, uh, I think there will be a reckoning. I do think that there'll be more nurses who are coming back, who are coming into the system because a lot of people have gone into nursing school. So there'll be a bit of a lag with that. But I do see us turning a corner here. And I also see nurses fighting uh, very hard for what they believe is is their right. And, you know, they've done a wonderful job over the last three years, and we should all be very proud of them. Yeah, I, I you know, will take issue with folks that get upset about nurses uh, demanding action here because, you know, they were called essential workers, and rightfully so. They have stood up um, and kept this nation moving during the course of the pandemic, and what they're asking for is to be you know, compensated in a more reasonable way and to have work conditions that um, you know, reformed. And I think that you know, it, there comes a time when you you have to start screaming when no one's listening to you talking, and uh, yeah. that's what you know is taking place here. And I think that you know it's been frustrating to see. You know the, um, the the efforts that they have put in not be reciprocated um, with any, with, uh, with uh, things other than lip service uh, very often from um, you know our government and f- individuals you know in positions of of power and you know I'm interested has there been any movement there in regard to greater compensation for um, the essential workers uh, that do things on a day in day out basis. Well, it's good. It's not what we wanted. Um, I'll give you an example on the um, uh, on the DD side in our residential programs, uh, our uh, frontline staff. Um, we've been fighting for the 75th centile um, of the Bureau of Labor Standards. You know, for the for which is how our uh, chapter 257 rates are settled. Um, and I think we've been through that because it's kind of an arcane um sort of conversation but the but basically we've been saying listen you're only you're going to get to a a a reasonable competitive wage if you go with the 75th centile rather than the 50th which they've been going um uh with for the last three or four years well there has been some movement we've moved up to 53 percent that's before we move into our next round of negotiations so that's a move a positive move in the right direction of course it's not anywhere near what we need but we'll continue to advocate um we've got some support around uh, nursing salaries as well um and and that is on top of the adjustments for our contracts over the last year so um and we have a couple of other incentives on the dd side not actually on the dmh side but on the dd side which we'll be able to parlay into um you know some additional bonuses increases so we're making some progress if you go back to july of 21 um we made significant adjustments uh, that we called the grand bargain as you might remember uh, up to 20% pay raises across the board for those frontline staff and, and nurses. Um, our plan always was that, yes, that's not funded, but we can't not make those adjustments because we'll fall, fall too far behind. Um, we are catching up, as we predicted. It's taken longer, um, but I can only imagine what would have happened if we kept people at um you know, about fifteen dollars an hour, which is we would just not, and it wouldn't have been right. We did the right thing, uh, and two years later, I think we're getting to a place where we're we're steadying and we're moving up to you know those uh, being reimbursed for those rates that we committed to uh, two years ago. 
The final question is about um, filling available positions at Bamsey and other healthcare departments. And they want to know with the layoffs that we have seen in tech companies and in other areas of the economy and with an anticipated recession, is it possible to refit uh, individuals' training to get them to fill available positions? And um, what's the holdup in that taking place? Well, I mean, no, we, you know, it's it's no uh, secret that we have far too many vac- vacancies here. It has been really tough as we, and you're right. Where, what is it, Chris? Where you don't, you don't know you're in a recession till halfway. You're halfway right. through it, right? Uh, sort of in terms of economic um, sort of uh, variables and and measures. Um, we we are we're in a recession. We've been in a recession for a long time. We've been in an unusual situation. I don't think this has ever happened before. But economically, we're actually at full employment or just about. I mean, across the country, it's three to four percent. In a normal recession, and everybody knows this, you're you're, you're looking at eight to twelve percent. You know, with up to twenty percent in some um, industries, that just hasn't happened. So we haven't been able to hire because there hasn't been a uh, slack, if you like, in the labor force. I think we're beginning to see that. Um, the big news this weekend was Amazon laid off 18,000 staff, um, and that's happening in tech as well. Um, many of our jobs are jobs that we can train and, and onboard people with, uh, and that a lot of people will go into retraining as well for non-entry level jobs. So um, I do see that as, I mean, it's a horrible thing to say. Nobody wants to see anybody laid off. But what we do want to see is um, more availability in in the labor force so we can fill some of those positions in direct care uh, and also, of course, in nursing uh, nursing positions as well. And always we're looking for uh, clinicians um, who have um, licensing capability. That that continues to be a problem. You, obviously, it, you don't get people laid off in one sector of the economy and then they can become clinicians. There's a you know two to four year training that goes into that. So there'll be a lag with that and as there is with nursing. Um, but less so, I think, in terms of uh, folks coming in in our entry level direct care uh, professional positions. Well, Peter, as always, appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing some knowledge with uh, the listeners here on the podcast. And we look forward to catching up with you uh, next week. We're going to have uh, a look at uh, another aspect of Bamsey. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. This has been the Humanity First podcast. I am Chris Ryan. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.